1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com.
2: Hockey fans, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau and me, Jay Zawaski, February 24th at the All-State Arena for our annual Chicago Wolves outing. $20 gets you tickets to the game, free parking, a free hot dog, a free soda, a Madhouse Podcast t-shirt, Wolves gear, and a pregame meet-and-greet with Chicago Wolves brass. Visit madhousepod.com slash events and click the image for the link to buy tickets. That's 20 bucks for a ticket free parking, free hot dog, free soda, Madhouse podcast t-shirt, Wolves gear, and a pregame meet and greet. Come join us and the Chicago Wolves on February 24th at the Allstate Arena, madhousepod.com slash events for
1: tickets. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabid Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of REMAX First Service. Serving the Chicagoland area, here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau, and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck.
3: Welcome in, finally, to a full wonderful edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Nouveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, as always, is the one, the only, the vivacious. Is that a good word sure. for you? Yeah. The awesome, the excellent Jay Zawoski of 670 The score. Jay, been a little while since we talked. Been a little while since the Blackhawks had played any games. So it feels really good to be talking about this team right now. They've been winning games. Oh, yeah. And then there's trade rumors afoot.
2: Well, there is a ton going on uh, behind the scenes of the Blackhawks. They are, uh, looks like they're about to be in cell mode. We're definitely going to get into that. Uh, I did do a post game on last night's game, but I think we should start a little bit. Uh, the Hawks are off to a four game winning streak. They are now five points out of the wild card spot. However, <laughs> they have However, six teams to jump over. All of them have at least one game in hand, but the Hawks right now with 49 points. The Vancouver Canucks hold the last wild card spot with 54 points. Um, but again, I'm I'm going to kind of urge people to not get too excited. Yes, they're playing well. They're playing better. The, the last four games have been really good against really solid opponents, too. Um, but from what we've been hearing over the last little while, they are definitely in sell mode. Uh, they're definitely going to look to try to move some veteran players, and that does not exclude... Brent Seabrook or Duncan Keith uh, both of which were reportedly asked to to waive their no trade clause Duncan Keith denied he was asked yet I've been told and others have been told that he has been or will be shortly Uh, and Elliot Friedman last night on uh, Hockey Night in Canada reported that Brent Seabrook was indeed asked and said no we're going to play you that audio now so you can hear it uh, from the horse's mouth. This is Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada. The Blackhawks have gone to Brent Seabrook and said, would he be willing to waive his no-move clause? To this point, he has said no. He loves being a Blackhawk, and he does not want to do that, but I think they might still check around to see the market. So that is uh, not definitive. I mean, he definitively said they asked Brent Seabrook to, to waive his no-trade clause, but it sounds like, for now, he's not willing to do it. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I think... The good news here is that the Hawks are seeing what we're seeing, that Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith can't play anymore. Really, Keith to a much lesser extent. He's still pretty solid. But Seabrook is done, and they need to get out from under that contract. But, look, he has – that's the problem. When you give all the money and the no-movement clauses, you you get stuck, and you need him to say yes, and now they're going to be in a position where, okay, we're going to ask you politely, right? (laughs) Like, hey – we really respect you. Would you want to stick around for a rebuild or would you like to go to a contender? Hoping he says, yes, tra- trade me to a contender. But then when he says no, they're like, oh, well, uh, how about we trade you anyway? <laughs> right? They're, they're in a yeah. ba- They're in a bad spot. And, and Stan Bowman has put himself in this bad spot. He deserves it. I will always side with the player on these things. He signed the deal. He wants no movement clause. It is within his rights to stay here screw the Hawks the players should have the final say and uh, look if Brent Seabrook's here for the life of that contract that's a pill that Sam Bowman's gonna have to swallow and uh, maybe it seals his fate as the Hawks GM I don't know
3: well yeah if you're gonna limit your own flexibility in such a way I would fully understand if that was basically the millstone that was around your neck as you sank to the bottom of the hockey ocean Ooh. like obviously Brent Seabrook's contract I mean even if he were like, sure, go ahead and trade me. It's not like teams are going to be beating down the Blackhawks' door to acquire a nearly seven million dollar a year defenseman for the next five seasons, unless they had it on good authority that he was gonna, they were gonna be able to get out from under that contract, like do like a bu- compliance buyout or whatever after the next CBA. But unfortunately, that's still so far in the future that that possibility really isn't much of a selling point. Like I just, yeah, it's funny to me like Brent Seabrook. It's one of those things where I think that was probably a courtesy thing more than anything, because frankly, I don't think that there's going to be a huge market for him and it's only going to get worse. I mean, it's not like he's getting any better. He's not getting any younger. I, I think it was probably just a courtesy thing to him. They were probably like, Hey, we can try to move you, but Odds are, obviously, it's not going to be easy if it's possible at all. So I, the Seabrook one, I kind of dismiss and it probably wasn't going to happen anyway. The Duncan Keith one, that's the one that I've been having the most interesting discussions about this week because he's still a serviceable NHL player and he's got a contract that his salary the actual money that he's still owed isn't really that high. So if you have a team that's got some cap space and they're kind of intrigued by adding a veteran defenseman and they're a contender, they could conceivably add Duncan Keith. Yeah, that ca- the cap hits not great. Like $5.5 million a year for four seasons after this season, that can be kind of a tricky thing to swallow. But the actual money outlay if it's a lower if it's a smaller market team and they're worried about actual uh, cash value, it's not that bad. and Duncan Keith, like I said, he's still probably a serviceable like three four defenseman right now for a contending team and yeah, that's gonna slip in the years to come, but he's still a guy that could potentially get a little bit of a trade return. But I also would caution uh, Blackhawks fans that we've all seen what the Blackhawks have had to do to move big contracts in the past. And that could come at the expense of adding in, you know, either a roster player that you may like or a prospect that's got some future in order to make that money move happen.
2: Well, if you did miss a Duncan Keith story uh, that was reported by Pierre Lebrun this week on TSN's Insider Trading, we brought you the audio of Elliott Friedman. We might as well do the same. Uh, courtesy to Pierre Lebrun. So here is the audio courtesy of Insider Trading on TSN. Another team that's not a contender, the
1: Chicago Blackhawks. They're battling for last overall. Could we see some veteran talent become available? Well, I find it hard to believe that Duncan Keith was switch teams, but I will tell you this, that the Hawks will go to him right before the trade deadline and say, what do you want to do? He has a full no-trade clause, four more years on his deal at $5.5 He decides his future He's a legacy player, yes, for Chicago, but I think Stan Bowman and the hierarchy in Chicago will go at him and say, what do you want to do? Do you want to go a contender or stay here with the rebuild? That conversation will happen.
2: All right, so that's Pierre LeBron on Insider Trading on TSN. We want to thank TSN for the audio there. Um, so that what LeBron's presenting a little bit of a different timeline, and he's saying that it'll be right before the trade deadline. From what I understand, it's a similar timeline to Seabrook. So he may have been asked already, or will be asked soon, I think they want to know with you know, under a month to go till the trade deadline if these two guys are willing to move on at all. Um, but it's going to be interesting. But you're right, James. Keith is the one who I could see that happening. I could see. I mean, look, if you're a team that feels like you're a defenseman away, uh, an impact defenseman away from a Stanley Cup, absolutely Duncan Keith is one of the first calls I'm making. And I'm considering giving up a pretty solid prospect for it or a prospect and a pick, or a prospect and a player. Uh, there's, I, I think there, there will be, if Duncan Keith says he's willing to go to a contender, I think there's going to be a pretty big market for it, especially considering how teams get at the trade deadline. They start to panic. They're like, oh, God, we haven't done anything yet. We haven't done anything yet. I think the Hawks could get some big value for Duncan Keith at the trade deadline this year. Um, I think he's still got some good hockey left. you know. I, I But I, I just think by the time the Hawks are ready, To compete for a stanley cup again what is going to be left of duncan keith uh and it's you know what what is what does two three years from now look like for duncan keith and when i ask myself that question uh as much as my heart says keep him we love him he's great he's a two-time norris trophy winner one of the best hawks ever uh the the realist in me says yeah by the time they're ready he's going to be a a, uh you know a shadow of his former self and uh and pretty much a bottom pair kind of a guy So they're probably better off getting out from under that deal and getting maximizing the return for him as quickly as they can.
3: There's several elements of the trade that do need to be uh, discussed outside of, obviously, his on-ice impacts, which I think you pretty much summed up well. Like, he's going to be kind of a middle-pair defenseman for you, really going to give you a good boost on your blue line now. But by the end of the deal, he's probably going to be that, like, third-pairing 5-6 guy. And, I mean, obviously, it kind of stinks having to deal with a $5.5 million cap hit for a guy like that, but... I mean, there are obviously ways that teams can get out from under those kinds of contracts, especially late in the game. The first thing that I think really does need to be discussed in addition to that is the motivation for Duncan Keith. Like, does he want to leave Chicago? Like he's been with this organization for, you know, over 15 years now. He knows everybody. He knows the system. He's comfortable here. Going to a contender for a lot of guys is an obvious move. You want to get like one last Stanley Cup ring or whatever. Duncan Keith's already got three of them. He's already got two Norris trophies. He's already got two Olympic gold medals. The guy has accomplished a lot of really incredible things in his hockey career. Is he going to want to leave for a completely new system and a completely new team just to have a shot to win one more Stanley Cup? I think that's an interesting... uh, motivational thing that we, you know, can discuss. Like, will he want to leave for that?
2: Well, that that's see, he's already accomplished everything there is to accomplish. Three time Stanley Cup champion, two time Norris trophy winner, Con Smythe trophy. He's won really all there is. And I think there's this sort of romanticism from fans that they're like, well these guys all all they want to do is win. And I'm not questioning Duncan Key's desire to win either, but when you look at everything he's accomplished and how he's settled his family, he's been in town For a long time, right? Duncan Key's been here for eleven years as a Blackhawk. And uh, does he want to uproot his family and move to, you know, God knows where for the remainder of his contract? Or is he content? Does he say, Look, I I've done what I need to do. I'm gonna give you everything I have every night as best I can, but no, I'm not really interested in uprooting my life and going, you know, to take a shot with whoever team X who thinks they're a Duncan Keith away from a Stanley Cup. He grew up a Bruins fan, so I don't know if Boston's looking to solidify the blue line. I don't know their cap situation. Maybe if you appeal to him that way, like, hey, go play for the team you grew up rooting for, uh, you know, that could be a seller. But again, I think we make too much of that, too. It's like the Jonathan Taves in Winnipeg and the Patrick Kane in Buffalo thing. Like, just because they're from there doesn't mean they're going to be traded there. If that was the case, like, everybody would play for the Maple Leafs. <laughs> it's just right it's just not how it works so uh i don't know i i've again the ball is in his court and and I, you're right that i do wonder how interested he is in doing that how interested he is in jumping back to another team starting fresh with a new system probably taking a lesser role right on a better team yeah uh, he'd probably have to you know his minutes would be cut which i don't know if he would mind that but it, it's interesting when he sort of the other day he was asked about if he had been astronaut and he basically said no no one's talked to me yet I love it in Chicago Uh, it hasn't come up kind of a short answer Um, I don't know this is gonna be really interesting to see play out and and I'm getting the indication that um, the Hawks are kind of counting on one or both of these guys to say yes probably more so Duncan Keith um, because they need to retool this defense and they know even with you know uh, Boquist and Bodan and and Yokoharu who we're going to get into in a little bit here um, on the horizon there's going to need some big changes made and with Duncan Keith here and with Brent Seabrook here that sort of hinders a complete overhaul of the blue line right so Mm -hmm. I don't know I'm really interested to see what this month is going to bring Hawks wise I think we could see kind of a lot of names going it wouldn't shock me to see Gustafson go trying to maximize the return for him um you know they're I think they're showcasing people I think that's what they're doing like you're gonna see Kunitz in there more I think you're gonna see Cam Ward play a little more um and I don't necessarily disagree with that I think that uh as much as I love Calendelia and want to see him play I think until the trade deadline it doesn't it, it doesn't hurt to maybe go 50 50 with those guys and see if you can find a taker for Cam Ward Chris Kunitz I think maybe John Hayden is a name that could be uh, maybe they've seen enough of that whole thing I know I have Uh, i don't know it's gonna be a really fascinating month to see what happens uh, because you know you've seen since uh quenville let go that bowman's been sort of moving those guys out the guys he brought in for q so it's going to be interesting i just i I love the trade deadline Uh, over the years recently it's sort of disappointed but i think this year is going to be really active from a blackhawks standpoint
3: Do you think that there is any concern on the part of the Blackhawks that they could end up getting screwed by salary cap recapture with Duncan Keith? Because remember, he is a cap recapture guy, and I don't know if he's going to develop a mysterious skin malady that's going to allow him to go on injured reserve. But as soon as the Blackhawks would trade him, they no longer are. Chipping money away from that cap recapture, they would end up getting a penalty if he retires before the end of his contract. And I don't know how willing they're going to be to kind of, you know, take that chance that he's not going to retire on him and leave him in a cap situation in a couple of years.
2: Well, that is definitely a concern. And I think the personality of Duncan Keith is different from Marion Hosa. And I don't mean this in a critical way, I don't mean this in uh, he's not as good of a guy as Hosa is. But Keith is a bit of a red ass. And I could see him, like, if he feels like he was sort of strong armed into this trade, I could see him kind of like not wanting to stick it to him, but being a little less willing to promise he won't. Like, Marion Hosa pretty much told the Hawks, like, yeah, trade me. I get it. I, I promise you I won't officially retire until my contract's up. You have my word. I don't know if you could expect the same from Duncan Keith. And that's not really based, it's just based on. What I've seen from his personality over the years, he's more of a hothead. Uh, you could see him kind of fly off the handle every now and again, um, and and that's something that the Hawks would have to have assurances uh, from Keith. And you can't, re- he can't sign something saying he won't retire. Right?
0: No, that's
3: that obviously would be, uh, I would imagine, against the collective bargaining
2: agreement to do that. So you are just taking him at his word, and while I think they'd probably be okay doing that, I think they're probably a little more hesitant about it than they were with Marion Hosa.
3: Yeah, I think that you're probably right. Uh the thing that I think helps them out in that regard is that Duncan Keith does have the no trade clause. And so he if he really doesn't want to go, he doesn't have to go. Right. Now if he and if he wants to go to a contending team, then I think he would feel like uh it would have he would have gone out on good terms and I feel like that there'd be way less animosity since he does have that clause. It's not like the Blackhawks are doing him a favor. By asking him, hey, would you be cool being trained? It's part of the procedure because he has that ability to just completely say no. So I think the Blackhawks are doing him; a, they're doing him a solid. He's gonna, you know, potentially say no, and whatever, we'll deal with that. But I think that at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to go, he won't. And I think that the chances of there being animosity are pretty low i just i still worry about that last like year or two of the deal when he's only getting paid like a million and a half bucks and he's like running on fumes is he really going to stick around just for that
2: and i don't know the answer to that yeah I, and i don't think we will until that time comes really it's it's uh boy it's going to be interesting and it's funny we, we spent so much time speculating like, are they going to move any of these core guys? Will they ever do it? Now that they're doing it, now that they're at least thinking about doing it, it's kind of weird. It's like, it's hard to imagine the Hawks without Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. They've been just such a fixture back there for so many years. Uh, it just changed like, you just plug those guys in automatically. When you're making a lineup in your head, right, you're just going through, like, all right, well, what could happen? And you, you always have Taves and Kane, and you always have Keith and Seabrook. And it's, <laughs> it, with, with, the team without those guys, it's going to be strange for the first time. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying from a fan perspective and from like an optics perspective, it's going to be strange to see that defense without Duncan Keith out there. Uh, but look, uh, the Hawks, they see what we see. They are realizing that, look, our, our best hockey is probably a few years away yet. So they are looking at uh, big picture, which is good. That should be encouraging. And while it's going to hurt like hell when some of these legends are moved out, uh, I think in the long run it will be a good thing it'll be the best thing to do from a hockey perspective and uh, we'll see we got a couple weeks left till the trade deadline all right that was a nice long first segment let's uh, take a break come back we're going to talk about Henry Yokohar demotion, to motion uh, Gustav Forsling's return remember there were some trade rumors around that as well uh, that we will address but we want to tell you um, about our event on Thursday that's right this Thursday at Rabbit Brewing in homewood that's the 7th of february we're going to have a watch party we're going to give away a, two pairs of hawk senators tickets and a pair of tickets to our wolves event so come join us at Rabbit brewing uh in homewood real casual just going to hang out watch the game we'll talk talk some hockey while it's going on we're going to do the raffle during the second intermission so come on out and join us there Rabbit brewing is our newest sponsor and uh we love them they're great they're phenomenal uh some of the best beer you've ever had uh, no matter what you like. If you like something really hoppy, they got you like something a little juicier and more of a sour, whatever. They've got you covered there. There's a beer at Rabbit for everybody. It's a great place to hang out, a great place to be. You feel like your family when you're there. So come hang out with us at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Do it on Thursday night with the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. What up? This is Robert
1: Ory. You might know me as Big Shot Bob, and I want you to check out my new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. We'll always be talking hoops, football, sports, and I'm going to bring you some big guests like Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal in our premiere episode. I know I didn't come in to train count the best of shape, but... Well, well you I'm, did one time. <laughs> yeah, one time. Subscribe now to The Big Shot Bob Pod on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.
2: Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. James, I am in the throes of planning for the spring season of Homewood Baseball. It is time to order uniforms. If you're like me, you're in a similar spot, give a call to Chris at Triple Threat Sports, 708-478-6090. They will make your league, your team look phenomenal. They'll stand out. The kids will love to wear uniforms provided by Triple Threat Sports. So give me a call 708-478-6090 or email them chris at com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. So Henry Yukiharu gets sent down kind of surprisingly. Um, even though his minutes had been cut, he would been getting some sheltered zone starts. You've been seeing some signs that Maybe Jeremy Calton wasn't thrilled with what he was seeing from him. He was healthy scratched uh, one time since he's been back from the World Junior Championships and now finally sent to Rockford. My initial reaction was shock, um, but then, you know, sort of talking to some people who observe the team a little more closely than I do, I think there was sort of a feeling that he was just kind of struggling to stay afloat all the time instead of thriving Right, And and he did do fine. When you'd watch him, you'd say, look, he's playing solid D. He's not having any problems. He's making good decisions. But it was just a constant, from what I told anyway, it was a constant struggle to just sort of stay afloat and be as perfect as he could be. And they felt sort of ultimately that it was harming to his development uh, to have him in that sort of way all the time, playing in Rockford, playing in different situations, uh, playing bigger minutes. With a uh, skill level he's probably more accustomed to playing against, or ready to play against, rather, they think will be beneficial to Yokoharu. They still love him. He is still high under plans. He will probably be back at some point this season. But that was sort of the thought, I'm told, in sending him down, was just sort of let him catch his breath catch his breath, and uh, you know, play in some different roles and play some more minutes. And that was sort of the thought of sending Yokoharu down.
3: I thought it was uh... – part of the plan to give him some breath by sending him to the world junior championships. I did too. <laughs> and he, apparently that wasn't enough breath catching. Apparently yeah. he needed to uh, do more. Yeah, I can, I can certainly see that uh, roughly about halfway through your uh, first NHL season. I can definitely see the value in kind of giving a guy a break. If he's uh because the, there's always adjustments going on in this league, and obviously teams are kind of learning what Henry's tendencies are and what they can do to him on the ice. And I, I think there's a, that's a really fair uh, point to make, that he just needs some time to kind of hone areas of his game. You know, that's always a thing with defensemen is they really – it takes them a while to develop. We've talked about that at length on this show. And I think to me that's part that's definitely part of it part of the reasoning. I think a more subtle reason is that I think they're really trying to showcase guys for potential trades and they're wanting to make sure that everybody gets enough minutes in order to be properly showcased. And I'm talking about guys like Eric Gustafson and Gustav Forsling, who I think they're going to make sure get into the lineup just about every single day because they want to make sure that those guys are right on center stage. And if teams you know, want a young athletic defenseman and they want to potentially get a guy that they can add for several seasons. Hey, we've got these guys over here. Obviously they have no intention of moving Henry Yokoharu at any point and they don't want him riding the bench while they kind of ride up to the trade deadline and showcase some of these guys. So I think that at least whether they would say that or not, obviously they won't say it, but whether they would admit it or not, I think that has to be part of it as
2: well. Well, it makes a lot of sense to it. And I think the fact, too, that they traded for Slater Cuckoo, but he's been scratched uh, can sort of tell you, too, that maybe they like him and, and are not showcasing him. I don't know. I That that move still is weird to me. The Cuckoo trade is weird. I know you want to get rid of Jan Ruta. I totally understand that. You got a guy who was a, a high draft pick who maybe needed a change of scenery. It's just the timing of it's weird. You know, I I don't know. Like, I don't know where he fits. Do they see him as a real, like, future cog or is he just another body in case they make a move midseason? I don't know. I, that whole thing, the whole cuckoo puzzle is a little is just kind of hard for me to figure out. I don't really know what to make of it just yet. I think it'll once the trade deadline's over, it'll make a little more sense um, because, look, maybe they are going to move, uh, like you said, Forsling and or Gustafson or maybe somebody else. They're going to need NHL body defensemen on the team so Cuckoo's a guy that they solved a problem in moving ruta they got a guy that like all right we'll take a look see what we got it's a low cost a low risk sort of a trade uh so i don't know it, it's I, I, forcing to me the, every time i watch him i feel like i've changed my mind <laughs> you know like i just can't get a feel for this guy is he going to turn a corner and it feels like he's been playing On this team forever but he really hasn't he really has not been part of the Blackhawks as long as it seems he's fought through injuries he's been through send downs and all those things I just is it too early to give up on Gustav Forsling I don't know the answer to that I'm curious what you think James because you're looking at a kid who's you know only 22 years old he's only has 100 NHL games under his belt you know it's hard for me to give up on a guy who they touted so highly uh after just 100 games especially a defenseman especially a guy who has battled injury for a lot of his career a lot of what I see from him I like he's got decent size good speed good hands he's shown some offensive ability it's just I don't know it just it seems like that he's just stalled out if that makes sense right I haven't seen an improvement from game 50 to game 100 and you think that would have happened a little bit
3: Well, yeah, I think we, we've brought that up repeatedly with him as we feel like his development has been very slow to middling, if not outwardly like regressing slightly. Like he, he still makes decisions on the ice that you don't agree with. And yes, he's only played 100 NHL games. And that is a very, that's an important caveat to make. Like there's still plenty of development time that can go on with a guy who's only played that limited number of games, but If the Blackhawks have self-scouted enough and they think to themselves, you know what? We don't like the development path that he's on. We don't think that he's going to turn into the defenseman we thought he was going to turn into. Maybe they take advantage of another team who maybe sees him the way that we do where he's got all this potential and just hasn't quite put it together yet. And the Blackhawks take advantage of the fact that they see him every single day. And if they've made up their minds that he's not going to be part of their future plans, I bet you could get a decent uh, prospect or draft pick or whatever from another team that's willing to take a chance on Gustav Forsling, similar to the way the Blackhawks have uh, taken chances on guys like Dylan Strome and Drake Kajula.
2: Yeah, well, here, we're, you, you mentioned showcasing, right? December 29th, Forsling played 1350. January 1st, he played 1508. That's the winter classic. January 3rd, 1843. February 1st, 1625. Last night, 1627. They're increasing his minutes. They're increasing his ice time. Um, Maybe they're just testing him. Maybe they're showcasing him. Who knows? It's just such an uncertain time for this team. I, I, I truly feel like, aside from trading Taves and or Kane, anything can happen. <laughs> like I and to brink it, I would say. Like those are the three guys I feel like there's no chance any of them go anywhere. Like would you consider trading Brandon Sod? I sure as hell would. Oh, oh hell yeah. Absolutely. And that's a name that no one's really talking about, but a 6 million dollar contract that's got a couple years left but nothing crazy. We need a power forward for the playoffs, a guy who's proven it in the playoffs before. Here's Brandon Sod. That wouldn't shock me at all.
3: And trade that, Brandon Sod, sign Eric Carlson, championship.
2: <laughs> there you go. I like that. Well, see, and that's the other thing. It's like if they're clearing the decks all of all this money, right? Let's say you do trade sod, you do trade Keith, there's twelve million basically, almost. Well, uh, a whoa, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa, whoa. They're they're gonna have to take money back if they trade sod. And, I, and not a ton, but they're going to have to take at least something back. I don't think a team's just going to take a six million dollar cap hit on a guy like him. I think they're going to want to send yeah, a contract back right. the Blackhawks way. But it could be an expiring. It could be one of those things like a, a Jason Garrison kind of thing. You know, like that. That is possible too.
2: Who had a better era in Chicago, Jason Garrison or Carmelo Anthony?
3: <laughs> I love that question. I, I wish I, he would
2: have played I wanted Carmelo to play one game.
3: I don't under, yeah i just don't to see get it. why you just kind of <laughs> let him stay home make him play at least once right
2: put the jer- sell some jerseys <laughs> you know ha- like have like carmelo anthony knight and you can have like yep. a video tribute it had to play during the fourth quarter so you can like pull the <laughs> highlights from the first second third quarter yes um yeah it would have been cool to finally see that but anyway um
3: yeah enough I, bulls I, talk on this podcast no yeah, one wants that yeah
2: sorry about that sorry i slapped myself in the hand <laughs> real quick uh but i think sod's an interesting name to keep an eye on and i'm this is not something i'm reporting or nothing i've been told but when you sort of go up and down the roster he's playing on you know i, I think last night they had two fourth lines <laughs> you'd kind of say like pick your poison which one do you want to call the fourth um i don't know he he played well against uh buffalo but everybody did but i said last night in the post game didn't he look stuck in mud Last night, like he just could not get his legs moving, could I not get going. it. He had an
3: all-star break hangover, over clearly.
2: Well, he didn't against Buffalo. He was That's great true. against Buffalo, but he, so which is the fourth line? This is this could be a fun topic for our podcast. Is the fourth oh. line Saad, Camp and Kruger, or is it Perlini and and Hayden? Which is the actual fourth line?
3: It has to be the Kruger line. It always has to be the Kruger line. He was the fourth-line center on this team, even when he was clearly the third-line
2: center because of their usage.
3: I got to go with that just based on that.
2: Yeah, and we saw, by the way, that line was deep in their zone a lot last night. And when you've got Kruger and Sod out there and you can't get the puck away from the other team, that's a problem. Yes, that happened a lot last night with Taves and Kane and Kajula. Because Kane is just basically standing at the blue line like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the puck, give me the puck. Um, yeah, they don't
3: play hockey with a puck or yeah, a ball. God dang it. You Thanks know what? You. We both suck. Yeah,
2: well, People know that by now.
3: <laughs> I tried to insult you, and it totally didn't work. That's That seems to be a pretty good metaphor for everything, doesn't it? <laughs> it's
2: good karma. Thank you for that. But, yeah, I mean, you can understand it when you've got Patrick Kane out there whose primary focus is offense, and it should be because he's on an absolute ungodly terror. Um, but when you got Kruger and Sod out there, you know can't can't win a puck battle. Oh, that's another one. Who wants Marcus Kruger? Anybody? Anyone? <laughs> he's a free agent at the
3: end of the season. If they don't move him, they don't move him.
2: I know, but like, do you think you'd find a – get like a fifth round pick for him?
3: Some Probably team not. Looking
2: at oh God,
3: Their salary retention.
2: <sighs> boy, oh boy. Well, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's just weird, man. This whole thing, like, this is starting to, the reality of the dismantling is start is staring us in the face, and uh, it's tough. It's been a really good run. The last ten years have been really good. Well, eight of the last ten years have been really good, and uh,
3: basically until we started each, doing this podcast,
2: you're right. It was <laughs> they're sucking kind of correspondent with our podcast. It, it's really yeah. went side by side.
3: Yeah, we sure picked the right time to start
2: doing this. Yeah. Awesome job by us. Yeah, we suck, dude. Well, let's uh, let's take another break, and uh, I do want to spend some time, some positive time on things that have been happening on the ice. They have won four in a row. I think some players we haven't mentioned yet have played very well, and we should uh, sing the praises of Patrick Kane as well. When we come back, we'll uh, assign the three stars. But first, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Mariska's and Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. Go there for the poor boy. Go there for the twice baked potato. Go there for the Mountain of Onion Rings. Everything there is phenomenal. The seafood, the chops, uh, the craft beer menu, the atmosphere, the service. Uh, Mariska's is, is one of my favorite places and a place I'd love to bring friends because I know they're going to love it. I know they're going to have a great experience. So go visit them in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So hit up Mariska's.com or check them out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Mariska's. That's M-E-R-I-C-H. K.A.S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go visit our friends at Marishka's. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Earn a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University and help protect your company from cyber threats by performing vulnerability assessments and threat hunting to catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
1: The three stars of the week are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708 675 1600.
2: Number three star of the week goes to Eric Gustafson. We're just going by the last two games because it's been a week. Uh, he's got uh, four, three points in his last two games, two goals and an assist, including two goals last night and the overtime game winner. Uh, he's been solid offensively. James, what would you do with a guy who's terrible defensively and solid offensively?
3: I was about to say, Eric Gustafson <laughs> is really useful in about 60 feet of ice. You want to get him <laughs> back into the defensive zone, that's where things start to break down. I still insist that if they don't trade him this season... I would strongly consider moving him to forward. I think he's got the speed and the athleticism to make the transition. I don't know if he ever played forward in juniors or if that's something that he would have to completely learn on the fly. But we have seen it in the NHL before, that guys have moved between defense and offense. And I think that if you're going to try that experiment with anybody, I think Eric Gustafson would be the guy.
2: When he's got Sheldon Brookbank on the bench to teach him all about it. Yeah, see? You've got
3: a built-in coach right there. Look at that.
2: <laughs> Number two star of the week goes to Alex DeBrenkitt with one goal and three assists in the last two games, four points. Uh, his goal last night just flipped that game on its head. The momentum completely shifted, and the Hawks were in control for the pretty much the remainder of the game, save for that late tying game where the entire team fell asleep. That was weird. Oh. Gosh, I mean, I don't really want to talk
3: about that. I just I, I like to pretend that didn't.
2: happen. Yeah, that play was all like, I know
3: is they won. That's all that matters. All right? I know is, right?
2: Yes. Carl uh, Dahlstrom oh. got burned. Connor Murphy fell asleep. Jonathan yeah. Taze was like, what are, what are those two guys doing? And it was too late by the time he realized it and bad. OK, number one star of the week. This is going to shock some people. All right. This is going to yeah, this is
3: going to really get tongues wagging.
2: Hold on to your effing hats, as they say in the old country. Uh, Patrick Kane, number one star of the week, with five points in his last two games. A little bit of a slump for Patrick, but it's yep. okay. <laughs> it's ridiculous what this guy's doing. They were even joking about it last night. Well, he doesn't have a point yet. And I don't know what's wrong with him. Two, yep, there you go. There's your assist. Sure enough, it's you know it's coming every night. uh Aside from the Winter Classic, he has scored in 18 straight games. They said last night with the caveat: 18 straight indoor games. Patrick Kane has uh, <laughs> recorded a point in. And the other night against Buffalo, they said Kane has as many multi-point games as he does pointless games with nine. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's it's really insane what I'm, he's doing. And it, I mean, uh,
3: he's on pace to smash career highs in statistics. Yeah. Like, is he... And if, if the season were... If it go continues like this, is he a nominee for the heart?
2: He has to be. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he's a nominee. Like usually, the heart trophy goes to a guy on a decent team, right? Um, and I think uh, Nikita Kucherov's got an argument. I think uh, Miko Rantanen has an argument in Colorado. Totally. Uh, I just, I think, look, if I've got, if it's a minute left in the third period and I'm down a goal, I'm taking Kane over both those guys.
3: Yeah, me too.
2: And pedigree is part of it. But just the way he's playing this year is insane. I, I Look, I've seen every game of Patrick Kane's career, and this is the best I've seen him play ever. He's just on another level. It's it's superhuman. He does something. I said on a the postgame last night. He does something amazing every period.
3: Yeah. Even it's, if, I mean, he's second in the league in goals right now. He's behind Alex Ovechkin, but then again, so is everybody else. Right. He's fifth in assists. I mean, he just – he is making just everything look so easy right now. Like, it's so crazy to watch him play. And when he's playing at this kind of level, he is a – he's a special player. And you have to kind of, like, savor these moments because God knows the Blackhawks are – I don't know if they'll ever get a player who's, like, that dynamic again. And that's not a knock on their drafting strategy or anything. It's just Patrick Kane is – and one of the all-time best Blackhawks players—that's where we're at right now.
2: When it's all said and done, I think he will be regarded as the the best American-born player ever.
3: Yeah, I mean that's I, not a stretch at all to say that he's the youngest American player to ever get to 900 points. He's only 30 years old. If you know, you can say the word "only" for a guy who's been around for. You know, twelve NHL seasons, but I I think that you're absolutely right. I think that it playing in this era specifically, I think Patrick Kane has proven that he's one of the top American players ever. And if he continues like this for another four, five, six years, I think he ends up in that that seat as the number one guy of all time.
2: Well, those are the three stars. Thank you to our star real estate broker Michael Elwood with Remax First Service 708 seven zero eight six seven five. 1600 give Michael a call find your dream home in the Chicagoland area and Kane I want to mention this last podcast and it got away from me and Kane and some other guys have sort of led me here I am enjoying this season of hockey and I know that sounds weird but I look forward to Hawks games I think they're high scoring they're exciting the power play works you've got Patrick Kane playing out of his mind you've got some young players who matter playing well Dabrinkit's playing well. Dylan Strome's playing well. I think to a lesser extent, Drake is playing well, especially over the last handful of games here. What we saw from Yokoharu for the first you know, half of the season was super encouraging. You know that at very worst, he's a number four defenseman, like a really solid number four, but he's going to be better than that. If, if he just stops developing now, he's a number four. He's definitely going to develop. He's 19 years old. I think there's a lot of things that have made this sort of enjoyable for me and while they're not competitive and they're not going to make the playoffs most likely and they're going to be sellers at the deadline I have found myself looking forward to Blackhawks games more than I have in a while because I'm not going to say like the regular season got old when they were great but it was just so it was a foregone conclusion right it felt like more of a task to like okay well the Hawks are you have a 10-point lead in the division. And they're playing the Islanders tonight, and I have to watch it. <laughs>
3: right? Yeah, you're like, basically waiting until April. Well, I mean, it's like that with any sports team that's successful. I mean, do you really still get super amped up for regular season Cubs games? No. No, you're waiting for October.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, But I have found myself kind of enjoying this, and I wonder if some other, uh, if our, some of our listeners feel the same way where, yeah, it's not great, and there's a lot of moments in the game where you put your head in your hands and just throw something at the TV. But when you really sort of dissect it, the guys that matter are doing well. And that's, that's I think, is what's keeping me coming back and what keeps me looking forward to games every night.
3: Well, they still have 29 of them left, so you're still going to have plenty of opportunities to <laughs> watch some good hockey, man. I mean, they, it, you're absolutely right. They're way more entertaining than they were last year. Last year, by the end of the season, I think you and I were both dragging ass. We were just so tired of watching a bad hockey team do bad hockey things and now it seems like there are several players at least that you can turn on your tv and you can be happy with what they're doing you can thrill to their exploits and comic books and poems will be written about them someday they're at least fun and they're making hockey more enjoyable to watch
2: i'll tell you about enjoyable hockey
3: (laughs) february 24th
2: my friends we are going to the wolves outing our second annual, you could say second annual. You can't say first annual because then that's inaugural. And if you say it yeah. wrong, Herb Lawrence will find you and kill you. But and Mark is...
3: Lazarus will probably be right behind him. Yes.
2: Uh, by the way, thoughts and prayers to Mark Lazarus battling a flooded basement. Uh, the worst thing in the world. It appears his, carpet, his basement is carpeting. Ooh.
3: That makes it even worse. Yes,
2: not great. So, Mark, we're thinking about you. I'm sure you're listening. He's definitely I don't uh, think he ever listens no. to
1: us. He doesn't even know who we are. Probably not. Okay.
2: Anyway, so the, our Wolves outing, February twenty fourth. Let's I'm gonna paint a picture for you. First of all, you're not gonna find a better deal in professional sports than this. For twenty bucks, you get a ticket to the game, free parking, a free hot dog, a free soda, a free Madhouse podcast T-shirt, a, uh, a Wolves gear, which I believe is a winter hat, uh, like a you know winter cap uh uh and last year they also gave us like a drawstring bag and then before the game there's a pre-game meet and greet q a with a member of the bulls press. last year it was gene ubriaco who's a longtime nhl player coach had some history with the blackhawks just told awesome stories for a half hour and cracked everybody up and it was a great time then we go watch the game we all sit together it's a great night so head to madhousepod.com slash events to buy your tickets and I want to alert people we had a problem a couple weeks ago where the link was showing up as sold out if you got that notice that it was sold out it is not sold out there's still tickets available so head to madhousepod.com slash events that error has been fixed that was in uh the wolves use a special uh app for their group ticket sales so that company that provides that app had a problem so now it's fixed the link has been fixed. It's been updated everywhere. So go to madhousepod.com slash events and join us. It's going to be a great time. All ages welcome. Uh, bring your kids. Bring your friends. You're going to meet some of our great sponsors will be out there. People from Chuck's, people from Rabid. Michael Elwood's going to be there. Uh, we're going to have an outstanding time. So that's February 24th at the Allstate Arena, Hawks and Texas Stars. Uh, it's going to be a great time. 20 bucks. Come join us. Madhousepod.com slash events. James, are you ready for the emailer of the show?
3: I do want to point out how uh, lame Texas Stars is. Come on, figure out a different name for your team.
2: Uh, Well, they're the Dallas Stars, so maybe we should be, like, the Texas Stars?
3: Yeah, at least Iowa Wild doesn't make any sense.
2: (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, like the Chicago Wolfsburg, we should be the Illinois Blackhawks.
3: We should be the Illinois Golden Knights.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's stupid.
3: Well, see. See, the Wolves are original. Go them, and go Rockford Ice Hogs, and go every other AHL team that has some shred of originality. Texas Stars, I'm calling you out.
2: Do it. Join us and call them out in person. We'll all make a big sign that says your name is stupid.
3: <laughs> That's a great idea. I wonder if uh, Triple Threat can help us out with that. Oh,
2: it'll be embroidered. It'll be beautiful.
3: Ah, oh, sweet.
2: All right, email the Showtime now.
1: Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod.
2: The email of the show, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Look, we've told you about Chuck's. James was there a couple weeks ago. My buddy Rick Camp from the I'm Fat podcast was there a while back. The jambalaya is what Rick had just the best i've been in new orleans and i know like oh no one does it better than new orleans wrong chucks does chucks jambalaya is amazing you can get it with the crawfish you can get it without you can get it with the andouille sausage you can get it without however you want it you can get it their uh jambalaya is amazing but it's not just that they've got lots of great cajun food great mexican food uh great barbecue anything you're into chucks will have it it's a place you can bring your entire family you can bring your little kids they'll love the mac and cheese you can bring your grandma she'll love the soups because she has no teeth there is something for everybody at chucks and all of it is fantastic chuck pine the owner worked under renowned chicago chef rick bayless that's where he learned and honed his craft and it shows in every bite so go visit chuckscafe.com burbank darien go there do it you will love it it's amazing emailer of the show comes from our friend josh edler who by the way was the winner of the hawks tickets Uh, from our online uh, donors for the andy garcia fundraiser fun fact oh yeah josh says hey guys i'm watching the Hawks sabers game on replay pat and eddie are talking about ward turning around his season basically by buckling down and working harder through the rough period he had of losses any thoughts um i think you know with a veteran goalie uh signing with a new team Uh, wanting to justify the contract wanting to justify the no movement clause wanting to justify all the things cam ward got can kind of put undue pressure on a goalie and i think the first game that that's always a big thing for me with any new high profile player or signing it's hard to shake the impressions of the first game and cam ward's first game was bad just like just go back to baseball real quick remember john lester's first start yeah it was horrible And it took a lot of people a long time, despite everything he did from that point on, it took a lot of people a long time to trust him again. Because when he had a lot of eyes on him and a lot of casual eyes on him because it was opening day, he did not do well. So I'm not saying Cam Ward and John Lester are the same thing, but I think that plays a role. And I think Cam Ward was sort of battling things early on, turned it around, then had another sort of period of struggles. But look, the Buffalo game, he was outstanding. He's played very well. I think what you were hoping to get out of a backup you've gotten from cam ward the problem is now you need someone to take over for Corey crawford and i don't think it's cam ward i don't think he's the guy i think you still need to use him pretty sparingly even though like i said you're probably showcasing him and want to give him 50 percent of the starts from here on out uh delia is a better goalie now he's going to be a better goalie next year and i do think delia is the guy they have pegged um you know if Corey crawford doesn't come back it might be delia's net for for the long term
3: yeah, I, de- I definitely think there was a big element of Cam Ward trying to prove himself. I think that that's pretty natural for players to want to like kind of earn their contracts when they sign with him, especially in a new city like Cam Ward after he'd been in Carolina for so long. I think it's totally understandable and natural. And I think as he's kind of settled into his role as kind of like a split time kind of guy, I feel like he's thrived in it more. And I think maybe like that could be a mindset adjustment. It could be, you know, just going out there and going to play without the pressure of like trying to carry the team or whatever. I think maybe those both had a little bit to do with it.
2: Yeah. Good email, Josh. Thank you uh, for the email. Thank you for always listening to the podcast. We do appreciate it. Uh, with that we're going to wrap things up. Want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports for all your team outfitting needs. Call Chris 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland Legend Homewood <laughs> Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. And Michael Elwood, our star real estate broker with Remax First Service, 708-675-1600. James, it's hard to rattle those off the top of your head without making a mistake. Sorry about that. I did it. I hope Rabbit doesn't fire us. But again, join us Thursday the 7th at Rabbit for a watch party. Come out, win some Hawks tickets, win some Wolves tickets. Got some other cool gear I'm going to raffle off too. Got a winter classic hat, got some signed photos, some other stuff to give away. So join us at Rabbit on Thursday. But until then... We will talk to you soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to hellobonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's hellobonafide.com and code RADIO39.
1: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only.
0: If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.